Welcome to A Counselor's Journey to Private Practice. I'm your host, Juan, and this podcast teaches mental health professionals to cultivate curiosity and build ambition in their journey to starting, growing, and scaling a private practice. Let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to another awesome episode of A Counselor's Journey. I am here with Carla Kaczynski. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope I, I, hope I pronounced that right. You did. Okay, beautiful. awesome, awesome. Um, I've been practicing that one over and over. I even wrote it down. Um, so you are a clinician, and you are here in the beautiful state of North Carolina, where I'm at. Um, and you're also in Greensboro, too, right? That's correct, yep. Okay, yep. So you and I are holding it down for G-Town. <laughs> That's what the younger generation call it, I think. All right. <laughs> I hope so. You're way um, more up on the lingo than I am. <laughs> No, I, I wish I wish that were true. And then yesterday I got home and I told my wife, I said, um, I was like, did you know that lemon means like an old car or something like that? And then she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the cool parent for our kids. So, <laughs> so my, my lingo, it's slipping over time. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know what woke meant until, you know, two years ago. So when I was in grad school, uh, a lot of people started saying, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what are they talking about? I'm like, old person in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you get the feeling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Those are the moments where I'm like, I'll, I'll teach them different things. Maybe like some yoga or some exercise. Yeah. Um, so, so Carla, uh, thank you for being here. First and foremost. Um, I am excited. I'm excited for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I'd like if you could start today with sharing with everyone listening, um, you know, a little bit about you as far as where you're at right now, as far as like the exact scene um, and how you got into private practice. Sure, sure. Oh, gosh. Well, today is September 21st and two days will be my one year anniversary in private practice, which. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I just. I don't know. Time has been such a weird thing. The pandemic has made time such a strange thing. Like in some ways it sort of condensed it and blurred it a little bit. Um, so it seems very strange to me that a year has already gone by. Um, yeah. And in this moment, like just thinking about it, like I feel so proud of myself that I'm I'm still here. <laughs> you yeah, know, like I love that. I'm still I'm still in private practice. I'm still trying to make it work. Um it's been such a roller coaster. There's been some ups and downs and high points and low points and trying to navigate the low points. Um in this moment, like looking back on it, it's just like it was it was so worth it. It was so worth it because I'm living my dream and not something that I ever really thought was like 100% possible, you know, like Mm -hmm. you dream about things and you're like, yeah, one day, like I'm going to do this. And, um, if I think about it, the first time I ever started thinking about having a private practice was in like probably like 2010, 2011. And I was working with, this person was my counselor for like 10 years on and off. And they were like the person that I always went to and, you know, crisis, like during these different transitions in my life and just sort of like major upheavals. And 
they were the person that got me first thinking about wanting to be a counselor because mm. that relationship was so important to me and so important to my healing and my recovery and my own trauma experiences that I had. And I remember moments of like sitting on this person's couch and looking around their office and being like, I think I would like something like this one day, you know? And just like, it's weird to sit here now and think that like, that's how far back like this, the seed got planted. Um, But it, it literally happened in, in her office and just, that relationship still to this day. I mean, I, I still keep in contact with her and, you know, when I finally went to grad school for counseling and when I graduated, like, you know, I'd send her pictures and she's retired now, but you know, she is just, she's still like cheering me on. Um, And it's just kind of cool to like sit here now and just kind of reflect on that and think back, you know, 10 ish years ago. This was just like a little seed, you know? (laughs) And now it's like, you know, it's a little, it's a little tree that's starting to grow. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm just like diving into it and thinking about, you know, that effect of counseling and you get to meet this person and, you know, build a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's warming. It's easy sometimes to go from session to session. And it's nice to kind of just sit back and get to listen to such a profound effect. Because often, you know, we'll work with individuals and we may not get to see all the transformations that take place. Right. Right. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, when our counseling relationship ended, the fact that she left that door open to me to say, you know, it's okay if you want to drop me an email and let me know, you know what Mm -hmm. you're doing in life and how you're doing and, you know, just opening that door to allow me to, you know, share some of those transformations. And, and it was important to me also to let her know just how instrumental she was in my life personally and professionally. Yeah. And in that time, your professional background with um, PR and journalism, right? Yeah. So I, I, I started out in newspaper journalism. I was a reporter and an editor. That's what I went to school for. Um, And I did that for, I don't know, probably like 15 years before I made the switch um, in 2017 and went to grad school for counseling. And writing has always been a first love for me and it's always going to be part of my life in some capacity. And I thought that I was going to be a writer for my entire life. Like I knew when I was in high school, sophomore year, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, like going to be a journalist. And, um, and I loved that. And I remember in my, my graduate interview, you know, the professor saying to me like, Oh, that's a really interesting sort of transition, like journalism to wanting to go into counseling and, you know, Oh, they seem like, two very different things and I never saw it that way like I saw them as being so like interwoven because in counseling you're you're hearing people's stories and that was so much of the work that I did in Mm -hmm. journalism it was hearing people's stories 
earning their trust, yeah. you know, um, it was still, I mean, even as a journalist, it was such an honor, the way that people would just open up their lives to me and share pieces of their story with me and, and then entrust you to handle that story with care and write it yeah. and just share it and present it to the world. Um, it's like a really vulnerable place. And Absolutely. I never took that for granted. Yeah. Um, and that's what also drew me to counseling too. I mean, like as a journalist, you use a lot of counseling skills mm-hmm. when you're interviewing people, Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a lot of active listening. It's reflection. It's, it's holding space for a lot of people's pain. Um, a lot of the work that I, that I did was, you know, like feature writing. And I loved those sort of like humanistic type stories. Um, and it really wasn't until I left the newspaper industry kind of for obvious reasons I don't really need to get into, but just, you know, the, the writing was on the wall. It was a declining industry and there were just like layoffs after layoffs. And so, um, that's when I went into PR and marketing for a local community college. And I loved that work too, but what really pushed me in the direction to counseling was the students that I met. So a lot of the PR work that I did was writing stories about our students and exactly what you're talking about, these transformations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Those are the t- same stories that really like connect to my heart and hearing just all the different things that they've accomplished in the face of adversity. And, you know, it was just, Again, it was just such an honor to sit with people and those stories and share those stories with other people. But then what started happening is some of these students kept coming back to my office even after the interview was over or the story had published and wow. they would you know, they would like flop themselves down and in the chair by my desk and, you know, take off their book bag and cry or, you know, share something difficult they were going through when and then it started happening with my peers, like people I work with um, and people just coming to me just to unburden themselves, yeah. you know, yeah. just get connection and support. And that's what started leading me in this direction of like, I think this is something I need to pay attention to. And I think it's time for me to make a change. And I wanted more meaning and purpose in what I was doing too. Not that I didn't have it 100% in the work that I was doing for the college, but I wanted to do it in a different way. Do you think that you found yourself there or like those experiences pulled you towards them? I'm kind of thinking about those students that, you know, went in and shared their story and then somehow they came back. Maybe, Maybe they saw something in you that later you saw in yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, definitely, it was very validating. Mm -hmm. It made me, again, just kind of like take a step back and evaluate my life. And, you know, I had, I had a really extremely stressful job. And I started taking on other responsibilities there. And the last nine months I was there, I was the interim marketing director. And in addition to the PR manager, and it also, it 
I mean, I literally got sick by the time I left there, my adrenal glands were so depleted that I, I mean, I was, I was fatigued. I was having all of these health issues and no doubt like stress was a huge contributor. And that also pushed me in the direction of, you know, you need to make a change, you know, you need to make yeah. a change. You can't keep going on like this. Um, it just wasn't sustainable. Um, and so while parts of that job were, were stressful at times, um, there was also a lot of things that I was grateful for. And I was, I mean, in some sense, I was even grateful for the stress because like you said, I mean, it, it, it pushed me in the direction that, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be here today if those experiences didn't happen. I noticed that through all these stories that you share, you carry a very rich level of like confidence and optimism. <laughs> that, you know, you're supposed to be going in a certain direction. And you started it with like your, your private practice one year. And then you mentioned, you know, having some of those low points. Mm-hmm. It seems like you've always remained optimistic and, and confident that tomorrow is going to work out. Yeah, definitely, definitely the optimism. I'm definitely an optimist sometimes to a fault. <laughs> but the confidence piece, I mean, thank you for saying that. I don't feel, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if I would use that word to describe myself 100%. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of scary things, things that scare me. I've taken a lot of huge leaps, like a leap of faith. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that takes confidence to an extent, but I also think it, it, it takes fear. (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) I feel like when things scare me, that's also like something to pay attention to. It's like, this is really scary. And it's scary because, you want it so badly and you want it to work out and you're afraid of it not working out type of thing. Yeah. Um, like fear has a way of like pushing me to do things like just being like, I'm going to say yes. And we're just going to figure it out. <laughs> as we go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Keep trucking forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that you're in private practice, have you noticed that all that those past skills um, like in PR or in journalism um, have applied or have created some sort of leverage, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel like the writing, you know, I, I do like I have a blog on my website and just having that skill with creating like different posts for social media like Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've gone through like some certifications in marketing, like when I was doing more of the PR yeah. side. And so like, definitely like those skills are coming in handy in terms of how to market myself effectively and, and reach the clients who, who need me. Um, so yeah. yeah, for sure. Let me ask a question because you have a very unique background with that journalism and the PR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you said a very important notion. You said how to reach those specific clients to you. Mm. So like, let's say if there's clinicians out there and they don't have that PR background or that journalism background, but they have that CBT background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
what, what, what should they do? You know, how, how do they bridge that gap to be able to reach out to the clients that they know they can serve, but they don't have those puzzle pieces that you have? Yeah. Well, two things that I've learned, well, one, and, you know, I know that you've talked about this before too, but, you know, trying to figure out like who your ideal person is, like, who are you trying to reach? And, Mm -hmm. and then speaking to that person, um, knowing what their needs are, knowing what they're struggling with and knowing how you can help them, you know, speaking to those points in the copy that you create. But also like for me, and I heard this on, on like, I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, so same I can't here. Remember. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember which one it was in the last like week or two that I listened to. But um, one of the things that they talked about was like marketing is connection. Mm-hmm. That's really all that it is. Like if you, if you can write, you know, from your heart, if you can just find ways of just being you, you know, just being who you are and writing what you know, um, sharing at some point, like, you know, some personal pieces, but also sharing, you know, the knowledge that you have um, to help that ideal client. And it's really like, I really do believe that, that marketing really is connection. Yeah. And I've always found it interesting. You paint it very well um, because as clinicians, I guess in a way we are not only taught, but it's within us to connect with others. Like I'll sit in groups of clinicians and I'm like, that gone, these are like the best connectors in the world. Like you guys are just so personable and kind and nurturing and supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and then I remember during grad school, unless I was the only one that remembers this, that in a way I was pushed to not share too much, to mm. not overly connect, to yeah. keep certain walls up and we'll say they're healthy walls. Um, and then comes in the question of, well, how do I connect with the one person that I want to serve? How do I share a pain point if mm-hmm. fundamentally, right, my foundation said, don't do that? Mm, right. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. And I think we should push against it, you know, in a healthy way. You know, obviously, exactly. you know, don't overshare or find yourself in an unethical um, right. uh, place. I think you've done a really good job of it um, as far as with the chronic illness and, and, and sharing that. Are you comfortable mm-hmm. going into that a little bit? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, and yeah, like I agree, I agree with you. And that's something I, I continue to struggle with. Like, I think there really is that fine balance of knowing what you're comfortable with and knowing where that like line is for you. Um, you know, cause I can, I can look at other counselor pages and be like, wow, that was, that was so vulnerable and wow, that was yeah. so brave and courageous. And then I start to think about, am I sharing enough about myself, you know, or like, yeah. you know, and it makes me question that. And one thing that I've been like trying to tell myself, like through this journey of being in private practice and just being in a new clinician in general, you know, I'm like a year, a little over a year now that I've had my license like I have to keep telling myself, like stop comparing yourself to other clinicians and what they're doing. <laughs> like I said to my friend, who's also a counselor, um, last week, you know, not my journey. I have to keep telling myself, like, not my journey. Like their journey is not my journey. Like 
they're doing things mm. one way and it's working for them. And that's awesome. Like doesn't mean that that's how I have to. Do yeah. It. Yeah. And even, even that's a tough one. Because from the clinical perspective, it's, it's very structured a journey. It's like, you know, there's a CBT and then there's interventions, but it's an exact one. We all take the same journey. We go into the book, we go to the page and we Mm -hmm. utilize whatever it may be reframing. Right. Right. When it comes to like communicating and copywriting, you know, writing a blog that connects with your vulnerability to someone else. Mm -hmm. It's so unique and so different. And sometimes we, you know, stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you I haven't. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah but like, in a, in a very good way. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's an ongoing sort of process of figuring out like what's enough, what's, what's too much. And, um, and yeah, I think I, I got those messages too not just in grad school, but just life in general of like, Ooh, that's too much. Or like, Ooh, can't handle that. And I'm a pretty open person and pretty like emotional too. And so I got enough of those messages growing up of, you know, emotions being (laughs) too much or feeling like my emotions are too much. But, um, but yeah, I think it's a process of figuring out what you're comfortable with. But at the end of the day, I think that's what what potential clients or just people in general like that's how we build connections is by sharing those pieces of our lives and those pieces of our stories with others so that they can look at it and be like oh yeah me too thank you you know yeah I've, I've always loved that and been like really appreciative I guess there's a comfort when you find like someone that gets your pain point. I was uh, born outside of the U.S. in the Dominican Republic. And I gravitated towards like Latinos who were first generation. And I would just hover in in books reading about them. So earlier, before you and I started this live episode, you were sharing with me the chronic illness. And something that came to my mind was, you know, I love whenever I get to work with someone, whether it's my counselor or someone finds me because there's that, you know, unique relationship, like mm-hmm. whether it's that I'm an interracial relationship or something like that, because yeah. it, it does something a little bit different. It's How has, what? tell me about your journey, like with, yeah. with, with that work in itself. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think, you know, it's validation and, and being, fully like seen and heard and understood and just like how powerful that is because until that happens, it can feel so isolating, whatever that thing is that we're, we're going through. Um, And I know for me going through like having a chronic illness has been maybe less so now that I've, you know, kind of grown a little bit more through it, but it was such an isolating process and especially, you know, um, I've been dealing with this since like my early twenties and my chronic illness, I have a a series of different chronic lung diseases that I've been diagnosed with since I was 20. Um, and then the most recent one was right before grad school, I got diagnosed with like a pretty rare severe lung disease and 
it was hard. It was like, it was one of the most difficult, hard two years of my life because I was in grad school, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, trying to do my, uh, my internship, trying to do my graduate assistantship. Um, and you know, the, the coursework and the counseling program is, yeah. you know, it's rigorous. Um, and the inner work that you do in the counseling yes. program is also, you know, it's a lot. Um, and then, you know, and I wasn't the only one in my program that was, you know, carrying something heavy. I mean, everybody had all different things going on in their lives. Um, but it was also hard for me to find other people like we were just yeah. talking about, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like me too. I get it. Um, luckily I had a counselor for a little while who was able to help me in that journey through their own self-disclosure of things that they were experiencing um, in terms of chronic illness. And they were really the first person in my whole life that could really relate to what I was going through. And that made such a huge difference in my, my healing and my, my acceptance of, you know, chronic illness in my life and how to continue to try to live a meaningful, purposeful life despite this illness that has, you know, challenged me and changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, And so that's why I'm so passionate about working with that population and providing myself as a resource of, you know, I'm a counselor who gets it. Like I understand that, that journey. Um, and whether it's, you know, lung disease or cancer or Crohn's disease or whatever it is, the diseases are different, but I feel like that experience there's so many similarities of what that process is like for folks. Um, you know, the depression it can cause anxiety, medical trauma that some people experience. Um, it just, it affects every facet of, of your life. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's important to know, I think from like a clinical perspective where, you know, we're trained to help others and to support others in their journey. But then there's certain facets that, you know, I guess we just don't have too much life experience in. Uh, and it's nice, like if I'm working with someone as a clinician and then, you know, we're both in Greensboro to know that if that's brought up, I feel comfortable to say, you know, Hey, maybe you should go work with Carla. I think she would be a really mm-hmm. good fit mm-hmm. and even extend beyond say, check out her blog. She could, you know, here's some items on there that you may relate to. Right. Um, right. Yeah. We can't help, you know, one person can't help everyone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where when we look at resources and case management to be able to work with each other on these specific pain points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You did a beautiful even, job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I think too, like to speak to that too, of, of, you know, offering myself as a resource, if someone needs a case consult of, you know, I'm working with this client who has a chronic illness and, you know, you have any, any guidance around this um i'm open to that as well because again like it's not it's not like give me your client you know like if you feel like it's out of your scope or you know whatever like yes i'm more than happy to see them um but also i'm more than happy to be a resource if it's something Mm. that 
you know, someone like a clinician needs a little bit deeper understanding or, you know, I'm even willing to like share my own experience with it, knowing that obviously that's not everyone's experience. But like I said before, I think there's some similar sort of narratives that kind of go through, you know, the narrative of someone who is trying to cope with a chronic illness. Yeah. Do you mind sharing that with us? Like, you know, any counselors listening in the area or even remotely now, um, you know, people can still reach out as far as being able to connect with you if they have those deeper questions or um, want to send a referral out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mean in terms of like just contacting me or? Yeah. Like website. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all my, all my contact information is on my website. Thank you for counseling. Um, Okay. Yeah. And I'll make sure to include that in the show notes. You guys can check it out. Um, Carla, tell me, it's kind of like a little bit curious as far as like the business development side. Um, I, I noticed that your the PR and the journalism, you, you use that, I guess, heavily when it came to content writing or copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have you done to support you in your first year? Because usually that first year is really tough for people. I think statistically, a large percentage of businesses flop in the first year, but you are, you know, you're thriving and, and you're happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a journey. Um, I think a couple of things um, I was really so grateful early on that I found some counselors in the community, um, some former professors some other people that directed me to other counselors who were just willing to meet with me, you know, in the pre-pandemic days of like meeting me for coffee or, you know, that just had a willingness to share their knowledge and but just wanted to help and support me, which meant everything to me because as you know, when you're when you're starting this journey, there's so much that you don't know. Right. And there's like, you don't know what the thing is that you don't know until Uh it's like, oh, (laughs) crap, you know? (laughs) Yeah. The world of unknowns. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just having those people from the beginning, you know, to help guide me through that were so important. Um, and even, you know, sharing just sobering things with me up front, like I'll never forget, um, the person who was now my my supervisor for my license that I remember her saying like, oh, and like, you know, it takes like about at least six months to a year before you turn a profit, you know, and when you're first starting out in your business. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what was that? Yeah. A year? Um, so yeah, you know, but again, um, just sharing that knowledge meant everything because it, it, it just, it lets you know kind of what to expect a little bit. Um, and then I think something that I definitely have changed since the pandemic. I mean, I, I was trying to just meet other people in the field and also trying to think of where would my ideal client, like where else does my ideal client go? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like yeah. who, what are the places and like, who are the people I can connect to that that may lead me to this ideal client? And so I'm really into like holistic type alternative medicine. Um, and so like acupuncture, I'm <laughs> a huge proponent of that. And so that was one of the places I started thinking of. Um, okay. And so really like 
uh, there came a point in the pandemic where I was like, this isn't, this isn't short term, right? I think we all have this realization. Yeah. Like, this is going to last for a while. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, you can't go out for coffee with, with people, um, especially if you have chronic illness. And so I just started emailing these people that I've had on my list since, you know, day one that I opened my business that I hadn't reached out to yet. And I was like, it's time to like build some confidence and just reach out to some of these people yeah. and start building these relationships. Um, and I've really only done that in like the last two months. And it's really impacted my business. I've gotten like the majority of my referrals have come from other counselors and other like alternative health clinicians in the community. Um, and, you know, when the pandemic happened, like my business just it just it slumped um and it stayed there for a couple of months and it really isn't until i don't know maybe the last like three months that it really started to pick up again and i mm -hmm. feel like i'm i'm back where i was in in march before COVID hit <laughs> yeah like i feel like i've maybe i'm, I'm on the the uptick <laughs> Those are, those are great resources you use. So I'm kind of adding them up. You were able to reach out to different people in your community, content writing, mm -hmm. and then you sought mentorship. So guidance, yeah. you know, you're able to ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And I think those are perfect. Um, I, I always share that I felt very alone when I started. So it's nice that, you know, you're able to reach out to say, hey, what's this? Or what should I do here? And right. people are often very kind and, you know, with yeah. their feedback. Yeah, yeah. And that's been, yeah, that's just been such a gift to, to know, like, just how open and gracious people have been, like, with their time and their knowledge and, um, and isolation piece, like, I agree with you. I mean, it, it could be such a lonely journey. And the pandemic has made it even lonelier. And mm -hmm. I think that has also pushed me in the direction of like, I need, I just need more connection i need more support and um i think i had mentioned to you in just previous conversations we had how another counselor friend and i just started talking more and realizing like oh you're lonely i'm lonely too and like supporting yeah. each other <laughs> awesome and just like in the last couple of weeks like we're we've formed this online counselor support group with like you know six or seven clinicians that we're gonna start in october because we're realizing like, okay, like there's other people, again, back to what we were talking yeah. about, like, okay, me too, you know, and yeah. like, you know, like, oh, I feel so seen and heard and okay, you're struggling with this too. And like, okay, that's such a relief to know that. Um, and so even that has given me like new energy, just having, just having these allies, you know, like yeah. just having that extra support. Um, it helps helps keep me going you know? <laughs> yeah i think it's great that you're doing that um, i i always remind myself that you know i would not be where i'm at if it wasn't for all the help and support that i continue to receive yeah. um, and it keeps pushing me to always reach out to get to know people to ask for help to be willing to listen yeah. um, so it's nice that you're doing that you know it's beautiful that you're doing that it seems to be rewarding you know whether the energy that you feel or the people that you're getting to know Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
and also being being open to like paying that back like to other clinicians right so like you know since I graduated, and I don't know how this has happened, but like I've had like five or six people who have either graduated before me or graduated last year or two years ago that somehow they're they're learning of my name and know that I went into private practice straight out of grad school and are like, how are you doing this? How did you do this? I need help. And so like just in the last year, like anybody who's ever emailed me or called me or whatever, like I never say no because <laughs> I know, I know how hard it is, you know, and I just feel, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it would be, I don't know. I don't even think twice about like, oh gosh, another person, you know, like I don't even see it that way. It's like, oh, another person, like how can I help them? Like, I know how hard this journey is. And I just told myself from the beginning that if anyone ever needed help and reach out to me, that I was going to help them. because. Like you said, like it's lonely and it's confusing, and yeah. you know, like we need to help each other. Yeah, and I love that. Always coming from a position of service. Yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. certainly doing that. Um, as we get close to closing, or as we are at closing, at the closing point, um, <laughs> almost like a session. <laughs> um, people listening in, how can they connect with you? You know, how can they hear more about you? Um, or maybe join that group uh, or just get to know what you're doing in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty active on Instagram at rise, thrive, shine. Uh, I have a Facebook page, um, which is also a space to heal counseling website and all my information is there on my website as well. Okay, perfect. And I'll make sure to put all those in the show notes. so Everyone can check them out. Carla, thank you for being on here with me. I'm going to try once more to do first and last name with confidence <laughs> and optimism, Carla, <laughs> Carla Kaczynski. Yes. Did I get it? Yes. Yes, right on. <laughs> thank you. In your journey of private practice, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please leave an awesome review and share this podcast with any counselor you think is working towards starting, growing, and scaling a counseling practice. Let's grow together in our journey. I'll see you in the next episode.